Proverbs 18, and, and if you want to find in your Bible Numbers, let's see, let's, let's go to Numbers, uh, let's wait on that. Go to uh, Psalm 77, find that. Psalm 77, and as you do that, let me review quickly. We said words kill and words give life. Do you know when I spoke over those four graduates, I was speaking words of life. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So you and I can choose our words. We said this, a Christian or a believer who uses his or her tongue to complain reveals a discontentment with God's will, and expresses an unbelief that prevents one from doing what pleases God. So if we complain a lot, it's just saying, Lord, I'm not satisfied. Amen? And, you know, we need to be satisfied. We need to be content. God wants his people to be content. We said complain defined means this. It means to claim or express pain or displeasure, to find fault, to declare annoyance, or to make an accusation. We said in Numbers 11, verse 1, that God hears your complaints and mine complaints. You know, I was out yesterday out and pick up garbage. And you know what I, I found myself doing? What was I doing? No, Courtney, you don't have to go like that. <laughs> We were complaining. We were only four of us. And we were complaining. And I was complaining. And, you know, I finally started to sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And I started singing, walking through the ditch. I didn't care if Diane heard me. I wasn't singing that loud. But I was. Because sometimes you just don't feel like it, do you? And so I had to recognize what I was doing, and I did, and then I quit. If we'd all do that. Just help me recognize, Lord, I'm complaining. And then stop it. And then begin to bless him, right? We said that this, that God hears your complaints, it displeases him, and it angers him. That, that would just help you and I quit complaining right there if we knew that it displeases the Father and it even angers the Father. We said complaining reveals a lack of faith in God. The children of Israel, it says they did not believe God's word but complained in their tents. See, we're at home complaining. We don't think God hears us when we close the door at home, but he does. It says, they refused to enter the promised land, for they wouldn't believe his solemn oath to care for them. Instead, they pouted in their tents and mourned and despised his commands. No one here has ever pouted. We said, complaints are verbal expressions of negative beliefs. So when we complain, it's basically saying, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe your word. How many have ever complained about a lack of finances? Well, then that's just making a statement. I don't believe, God, you can supply all my need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We said that they counsel or complaints counsel positive intentions 
and confessions, rendering you powerless to render the blessings of God. We said complaining focuses on a past you can't change while your present slips fruitlessly away. We said complaining diminishes your ability to think of solutions. Stop and think about that. And prevents your ability to receive creative ideas from God. We said complaining will alienate you from other people. How many like to hang around people that complain? How many have ever worked with people that complain? Don't raise your hand because we all have. We said complaining. <clears throat> I said, I, I wrote this one down. I was, I was thinking about this. Complaining is like a magnet that will attract other complainers to you. So when you complain at work, you'll find yourself in, a, in a, a group of people, and you'll all be complaining. Now, Psalms 77, are you there? Say, I'm not a complainer. I'm a rejoicer. Psalm 77, two things here that complaining does. <clears throat> Complaining is toxic. Everyone say that. Complaining is toxic for me and others. Okay. I want you to see this in Psalm 77. The psalmist even had an issue. Psalm 77, verse 1, it says, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. Have you ever had, been in a place like that? My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. And my spirit was overwhelmed. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. So when you complain, it has an effect on you. Not just those around you, but complaining, constant complaining affects those people around you, but more, it affects you. It affects your mind, will, and emotions. Let me read this <clears throat> on complaining. Complaining is toxic. It contaminates both the complainer and everyone within earshot. Sometimes we think we're helping by complaining. If somebody doesn't say something, nothing's ever going to change. See, this is just about me. It's not about, it's just about me. As though positive change can come from negative words. We imagine we've contributed something worthwhile by our complaint, but complaining is what we do to avoid facing, dealing with, and solving the problem. And I, I like that. Complaining is what we do to avoid facing, dealing with, and solving the problem. Would you rather be around a problem solver or a complainer? Problem solver. It's what we do instead of contributing to constructive change, and it makes us part of the problem instead of the solution. The more you complain, the more problem-focused you become, and the more problem-focused you become, the more you complain. It's a cycle. Ultimately, your complaining, uh, complaining affects you more than anyone else. If no one else pays attention to your words, you do. Now, don't let this go over your head. Let me say that again. 
ultimately, my complaining and your complaining, complaining affects you more than anyone else. If no one pays attention to your words, you do. Before you say them, you think them. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you say them, you hear them and believe them just as you would the words of a trusted authority. Every time you repeat them, you reinforce their power over you until eventually you make yourself the victim of your own complaints. You mean, Pastor, if I complain long enough, I'm going to believe it? That's why you four graduates, you listen to me. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And yeah, it's up to you to seek God and find out. But if all you do is complain, you're going to have a hard time hearing instruction from headquarters. And so your words need to line up with what the Word of God says. What are some things that that God says about you? I know the thoughts that I think towards those four graduates, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give them a future, a hope, and expected end. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. They are the seed of the righteous, and they are blessed. So you start, and listen, I realize, because we're all guilty of that. I was glad to hear Abe said he really didn't, you didn't feel like praising God today? Uh Uh-uh. Sometimes they don't feel like preaching, but you've got to rise above how you feel. Feelings are fickle. They change from one second to the next. But this word does not change. And we have to make sure we wash our brain, our mind with this word daily. So we think like God and we talk like God and we act like God. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? See yourself that way. When I was young, when I was your age, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, I knew what I wanted to do. I was a party boy. That's what I was. I had a good time. But then I realized when I found God, there was something more. You four graduates, seek God. You four graduates, seek God. Yes, have fun. Yes, go to college. Enjoy those days. Have fun. But seek God because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Your spirit, your attitude will be overwhelmed when you complain all the time. Not by the problems and difficulties people bring to you, but as the self-inflicted product of your own complaints. So we need to understand that. Now look at number 16. Say, say this with me, complaining affects me. Yes, it is. It's, it's poisonous. And, and complaining next infects. Everyone say infects. It's like a disease. It's like a cancer. It infects those around you. <clears throat> I'm going to read this to you. And uh, I, I didn't want to, and I might skip a little bit of it, but I got to read the chapter from number 16 because poor old Moses, he really had a job. Did he ever complain? Yeah, he sure did. Did the people he led ever complain? They sure did. Now, here was a rebellion. This whole chapter is about rebellion against authority. Rebellion against Moses' authority and Aaron, his, the priest. And there was a group of Levites that just thought they were uh, better than anybody else. 
And they didn't have to follow Moses' authority. They didn't have to follow after Aaron. And I want you to see how this progresses. So I'm going to read it to you. I'll read it quickly. I might stop and, and point something out to you. It says, Now Korah, the, the son of Izar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abram, the son of Eliab, and on the, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took man. Now listen, and they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much upon yourselves for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. So they're saying, hey, listen, we're just as holy as you are. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. He spent a lot of time on his face. Is it any wonder Moses didn't get to enter into the promised land? Because he had a temper tantrum. A great man of God that parted the Red Sea had a temper tantrum. And because he did, he didn't go into the promised land. He could look off to, you know, and see some of it, but he couldn't enter in. I kind of I, I kind of feel sorry for Moses. And he spoke to Korah and all these 250 rebellious people, saying, Tomorrow morning the Lord will show who he is and who, he, and who is holy and will cause him to come near to him. That one whom he chooses he will cause to come near to him. And do this, take censers, Korah and all your company, put fire in them and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses is the holy one. You take too much upon yourselves, you sons of Levi. And then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi. It is a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to serve them. So these Levites, did they not have anointing to serve God? Were they not anointed to do some special things for God? Yes, they were. But they weren't satisfied they were discontented. And, and that he has brought you near to himself and you and all your brethren, the sons of Levi with you also, and you are seeking the priesthood also. Therefore, you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you complain against him? And Moses sent to Dathan and uh, Abram, the son of Eliab, and they said, we will not come up. They were pounding in their tents, by the way. It is a small thing that you've brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness that you should keep acting like a prince over us. Had they not already seen the miracles of God? <laughs> That's what. And how many of you have ever been blessed by God? Let me see the hands of you people that have had miracles. Things have happened that have blessed you. Let me see the hands now of all of you that complained. Not probably three hours after that. Sure. Then Moses was very angry and said to the Lord, Do not respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, and I have not hurt any of them. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company be present before the Lord, you and they as well as Aaron. Let each take his censer and put incense in it, and each of you bring his censer before the Lord. 250 censers, both you and Aaron, each one with his censer. So there's a little test coming. 
And so every man took a censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, stood at the door of the tabernacle, meeting with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle, meaning, Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Sep- <laughs> this, is, this is the scary part. Separate yourself from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. Could he do that? They could all have been fried. Then they fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with all the congregation? Talk about an intercessor. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of the complainers. It doesn't say that. It lists their names. Kor, Dathan, and Nabram. And Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you can be consumed in all their sins. Now, what are we saying? Complaining and does what? It infects others. So they got away from around the tents. I bet they ran. Korah, Dathan, Abram, and Dathan, and Abram came out. And st- now, this, this is what I have highlighted in my Bible. They came out, these rebellious leaders came out and stood at the door of their tents. Now, listen. With their wives, their sons, and their little children. What does complaining do? It infects you. It's toxic to you. And what else? Others. And Moses said, by this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own work or my own will. If these men die naturally like all men, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates a new thing, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. And now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words that the ground split apart under them. Wow. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and their households. And their what? Their wives, their children... Their entire household and all the men with Korah, with all their goods, with all their what? So it affects you and it affects all the things that your hand touches. And so they and all those with them went down and alive into the pit and the earth closed over them and they perished from among the assembly. And then all Israel who were around them fled at their cry. Can you believe What do you think the rest of these people are doing in the camp? Screaming and running? And it says, and they said, For they cried, lest the earth swallow us up also. And a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering incense. I guess they weren't the anointed ones, were they? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to pick up the censers out of the blaze for their holy and scatter the fire some distance away. And they made a memorial of that so the children of Israel could 
you know, they covered the altar with those the, the bronze from that, those censers so they'd remember. Now, listen, this is what I want you to see. Now, if that was you and you were in the camp and you weren't really the rebellious one, but you saw all that happen, would that affect you? Would you just say, oh, just another day. Let's have some manna celebrate. On the, verse 41, on the next day, everyone say next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel, what's it say in your Bible? Murmured or complained. You mean to tell me after they saw the earth open up? I need that song by Carly Simon. I feel the earth move under my feet. They complained. They had the audacity to open their mouths and complain. And this is what they said. The next day all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Had they learned their lesson? Have you learned your lesson? No. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tabernacle meeting. Suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. I'll tell you something. You think, you, you, you think we all want the glory? The same glory that can bless you can kill you. Did you hear me? The same glory that can bless you can kill you. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. Aren't you glad God is a God of mercy? Oh. And they fell on their faces. I bet they fell on their faces. And Moses, see, Moses knew. He said to Aaron, his brother, take a censer, put a fire in it from the altar. Aaron was the one that could carry that censer. Put incense on it, take it quickly to the congregation, make atonement for them, for wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. And then Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly and already the plague had begun among the people, so he put in the incense and made atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. There's a great example of an intercessor, and that's what intercessory prayer does for you. When you pray for your kids and your kids aren't living right, you can stand in the gap for them. He stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. Now, those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the Korah incident. And so Aaron returned to Moses at the door of the tabernacle of meeting for the plague had stopped. Now, I know this is Old Testament, and God doesn't necessarily operate that way today. Aren't you glad? Man, I can. There's through the years, I've loved to call fire down from heaven. I just think it'd be cool if, if all of a sudden this building shook and it opened up. But you know what? I, I'm so thankful I don't have troublemakers here like Cora. I got good people. Now, you can say amen or oh me. I don't care. I'd say amen. But do, do you see how God dealt with complainers? Synonymous with unbelievers. Because if you complain, you're not, you don't believe you're God. 1 Corinthians 5, 6. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
Let's say it this way. A little complaining. A little complaining leavens the whole lump. Don't you realize that if even one person is allowed to go on sinning, all will be affected? I'll guarantee you some of you are going to complain this week. Might even be me. I don't know. All I'm saying is if you find yourself doing it, stop right. Where you work, Vicky, you have plenty of opportunity to complain. Micah goes, yeah. Wherever the rest of you work, instead of complaining, maybe thank God you got a job. Amen? You man, quit complaining about your wives. My wife's not perfect. Close. Better add that close. I haven't always agreed with her, and she hasn't always agreed with me. And I'll guarantee you, if you were to ask her if I complained the last 30, how many, 35 years this July 18th, she'd say probably quite a bit. But we can stop. You can stop. Because complaining infects you, it's toxic to you, and it infects others. One more scripture. Psalm 141, 3. Say this with me. In fact, stand up and let's make it official. And let's, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's believe with our heart and confess with our mouth these words. Say this with me. Set a guard over my mouth. Oh, Lord, help me to avoid complaining. And everyone said, that was a wonderful Mother's Day message. Oh, yeah, it was. Don't what? I haven't, have I? Oh, in general. Well, don't complain to me about complaining about the wife's cooking. <laughs> Say, I'm not a complainer. Amen. Well, you're blessed today. God was here today. He's always here, but you four graduates, you're going to make it because you're blessed. And the, you mothers are going to make it. Grandmas, you're going to make it because you're blessed. And dads, you got it made, don't you? God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you.